0: Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. This is Michelle Bentham, host of Blooming Inspired Podcast, and here we are beginning another week of diving into God's words together, being inspired, being encouraged, and, and doing the one another thing. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to get the feedback from you about the podcast so if you feel inclined please email me michelle.bentham at bloominginspirednetwork.com or you can email admin at bloominginspirednetwork.com you can also find ways to contact us at our website bloominginspirednetwork.com and you can find us on facebook where we're the most active right now at blooming Inspired, That's facebook.com forward slash bloominginspired. So as I was um, going through my weekend, I would love to say that my house is always in order, neat as a pen. But I am creative, and one of the things that I have had to come to terms with is sometimes I need things to be a little out of order to create order. And so um, sometimes there's a little bit of organized chaos, like my desk. I know where everything is on my desk, but it doesn't always look like you could find stuff on my desk, if you know what I mean. And so my art room can be that way at times when I'm working in there. And... uh, there are seasons of my life when I get very busy with one thing or the other and I don't get started doing the things that I should be doing, which is managing things on a day-to-day basis. So the laundry piles up or where when I do the laundry, the clean laundry piles up. And because I'm just, I'm not focused on the task that I'm, fo- I'm working on, I'm focused on the project or the next thing or the next thing. So with me being sick most of the month of August and having a very busy summer in May, I at the end of May, right around Memorial day, I went to a big conference in Dallas with a friend. Um, June was we didn't have a lot of stuff going on, but I was teaching classes at the studio. And so like, there was a lot of preparation for that. There was a lot of going to the studio and spending the day at the studio. Then we did a big July 4th, um, tent sale for our local, uh, 4th of July on the square here in Granbury. And so I was working with a couple other girls. So there was planning and preparation for that. Um, It just was one thing after the other. In the meantime, I was still struggling with allergies going back and forth. Scott had doctor's appointments. He had some stuff going on with him. Uh, And we get to Megan's wedding at the end of July. And I am good for the wedding. But my house is a wreck. Like a full-on wreck. There are art projects all over the house. They're in the living room. They're in the kitchen. They're in the, the, the art room. They're in my bedroom. They're everywhere my clothes have piled up i can't tell what's dirty or clean because the clean clothes go where the dirty clothes are and it's just a mess and i'm just keeping it real today it's just a mess uh there's all kinds of stuff suitcases everything piled on the bed in the spare bedroom because it needs to be purged as well and then my art room is just a landing pad so I get my stuff out of the car, put it on the cart, I roll it in there, I unload it off the cart, I load up the next bunch, take it out of the car, put it in the car. Sometimes it stays in my car for days and days and days. And so right as Megan's wedding is happening, I began to start my allergy treatments again, and by the day after Megan's wedding, I was starting to get sick and I stayed sick for the entire month of August like in bed, fatigue, not wanting to get out of bed. Um, It was just hard. It was a hard month for me. And at the end of that, I started to come out of it. And as September began, I started to have back pain, incredible back pain. I do have some issues in my back, but I've walked in healing for quite a number of years, approximately eight to to nine years. Walked in healing in, in the area of my back pain. And so that was a little surprising. Had to get some treatments for that. Couldn't lift, couldn't bend, couldn't do a lot of things because of where my back was. And, you know, Scott's managing the yard. He's managing my dad's yard. I didn't even clean my mom's house for a month and a half, and I'd do that for her as well. And so there was a lot going on here and a lot piling up. There wasn't a place you could get sit at the kitchen table to eat, Um you know, you had to move stuff to sit down in the living room. It was just really, really rough. So last week, they came to fix our air conditioner and needed it in the attic, which meant they had to go in my bedroom. And my bedroom is a disaster. And I wasn't here, and the landlord let them in. And so it started this whole process of realizing, I need to clean up this mess. So I called Scott and I said, this weekend, we need to set it aside and we need to purge a lot of stuff that we don't wear and take care and and clean out drawers and get our house in order. And he agreed. And so Saturday we got busy. There were a couple of things that happened that were unexpected. We worked on it intermittently, but we didn't really work on it that day. Um, but I had the art room and the spare bedroom cleaned up and I had the rest of the house cleaned up by Wednesday last week. But the bedroom, our bedroom was just a rocking disaster and so I walked in there, and I, I, I began to work in the room by, by doing, starting to do laundry, because that's the easiest place to start. Once I get the laundry out of the room, then I can kind of put the clothes that are clean away, and then I can do this, and then I can do this, and finally sweep and, and get everything in order. So this morning, after all of that, God starts talking to me. And He shares a couple of things with me that are just powerful. And so I wanted to to do today's podcast reflecting on one of the passages we read last week and read you what I shared on Facebook and kind of expand on that a little bit. And so that's where we're going to go today. Um, let me look that up. I just realized I didn't have it pulled up on my phone. So there's a picture on my personal profile that my friends can see of my bedroom. And the bedroom's clean. The bed's made. This is, has not been normal business for us, but it, this is what's going on in my bedroom today. And so the bedroom's clean, the bed's made. You know, I had taken some pictures that I have painted and put them on the wall last week because I just needed spaces to put them after the studio closed last month, and I needed to get my stuff out of there. And so here's what I posted about my bedroom I said, this room is one of the most peaceable places in my house unless I'm busy or have been sick for a while, and then the stuff piles up and I get overwhelmed. And I'm not just talking like it piles up. I'm talking like it looks like we belong on an episode of Hoarders because the closets are empty and everything that's supposed to be in the closets out somewhere. I know you're laughing at me, but it's true. And it's how I feel. I feel like it's hoarding going on. Then depressed, and I just want to close the door, which is what I did when the air conditioner people came. I closed the door on it uh, and stay out of that room as much as possible. Again, this is one of the most peaceful rooms in my house. And th- so this weekend we purged. We, cl- we did closets, drawers, laundry, laundry, laundry. There's still a little work to do, but mostly it is a peaceful place for me again. Our hearts and souls can be a bit like my bedroom. It can be a place of peace or a place of overwhelming defeat. If we don't choose to deal with the sinful chaos, woundings, and judgment as they happen and let them pile up, friends, we get soul sick. Do you agree with me? Can I get an amen to that? And that heavy sigh, niggling voice in the back of your head saying, I really need to do something about this. It's the Holy Spirit inviting you to unload. There are two steps to this kind of purging in my mind. First, you get rid of the junk you don't, you're not supposed to hold on to. In my closet, that is anything more than three years old or by extension, no longer my size. And for my soul, it is First John 1, 9. I have to daily come before God and confess the judgments, the sin, the pain others have caused me so I can be cleansed of all unrighteousness. Now think about this. He says he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That's not just your junk. That's the filthy rags that you carry plus the stuff that others have thrown at you. Like if I'd invited somebody over and they had left a bunch of trash in my house, that's got to get cleaned up too, right? So the second part of cleaning up the mess that's left behind after I get rid of the junk is I have to clean up the laundry organized stuff the floor has to be swept again and again until every bit of whatever's left over from purging is clean and for my heart and my soul it's the same thing i need to allow god to cleanse me of all unrighteousness he wants to wash away the chaos the sin and the pain he wants my thought life not just behavioral obedience you see And the more I uh, repent of these things, the more I realize where my thoughts don't line up with God's. But every time I close the door on the mess and refuse to deal with it, I make the mess more overwhelming and harder to approach when it's time to clean up. And again, I get soul sick. So what happens is at some point... My mess gets exposed because of my behavior and because of what's going on in my life and not because God is unkind to me, but because that mess is overflowing out of me and it's affecting every part of my life. You see, when my bedroom gets to be a mess, I don't want to stay in there, so I move to another room and I make a mess there and I make a mess here and I make a mess here and I make a mess here until the whole house is a mess. And it requires a lot of work to clean it up, right? And here's the deal. Sometimes I can go in there and I can put the clothes away. I can wash all the clothes and put them away. But if I don't sweep the floor, mop, get the dust out of the room, it's still a mess. There's residue from, from the, the things that, that piled up. This means that if I don't take time to acknowledge and receive God's forgiveness when I confess my sin, pain, and junk, to him. If I don't allow him to make an exchange and I just unload my stuff and I don't take in what he's making room for, that leaves a bit of residue that needs to be cleaned up. And if you let it build up over time, you'll have to come back to it again and again until you let him give you his loving truth to clean up the dirt and grime from the mess. Just like I don't sweep up the floor and do the laundry, my room will be cluttered again. Yeah. That that's my morning reflection today. And so I want to read to you 1 John 1.9 from the Passion Translation, because I think it's just really, really good. And then um, I'll wrap us up. I'll bring us to a nice place where we can tie it up with a bow. So it says, If we freely admit, confess our sins, when His light uncovers them, now, get this. What he's saying is that when God shows us something in our heart, when that niggling voice is going, you should do something about this in your brain. If we, if we confess our sins when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. And, and I've learned through um, just studying a little bit of the Greek language that that word forgive indicates a past completed action that has continuing future results. So every time I come to him, confess that that forgiveness that was appropriated through Christ on the cross comes to me over and over again. And the more I confess, the more inclined I am to repent. You see, I can, I can unload my junk without ever acknowledging what it did to Christ, what it took for forgiveness to take place for me. I can just say, Oh God, I did this and then go do it again. And Oh God, I did this. And, and scripture's pretty clear. God won't contend with the spirit of man forever and he will not be mocked. So at some point he's going to turn me over to my sin for the salvation of my soul. He's going to let me sit in my mess until I'm ready to do business with him. But when I do business with him, He's faithful to forgive me. You know, when the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 comes home, he does not take a bath or a shower. He wakes up in the pigsty, comes to himself. He's covered in pig mess, pig slop, spoiled food, probably feces. He stinks. He hasn't probably hasn't had a bath in a while. I'm pretty sure he didn't go to the temple and get himself cleansed before he showed up at Papa's house. But that father pacing the horizon, waiting for that lost son to come home. When the son approaches and says, Father, I have sinned against you. He put his hand over his mouth and wouldn't let him speak another word. And he wrapped his arms around him and he hugged him up in the middle of his mess. And, I'm, and, and I have this picture of the father taking the son inside and cleansing him, washing all that junk. He's, he's been walking in for so many months, washing it all off of him and putting a fresh robe, a robe that marks him as a son, a robe of righteousness, if you will, onto him and places a signet ring expressing his value onto his finger, and he throws a party to celebrate his son, who had squandered so much, who had squandered so much of what belonged to his father. But the father only cared that the son came back. Do you know that when you come to confession, God doesn't care about how you got to where you are? As far as he's not concerned with how you got to where you are in the sense that he's going to be counting every dot and tittle of that journey. He wants you to confess your journey to him, your sin, your, your the things that need to be cleaned up in your life. But he wants to deal with it so he can clean you up, put a robe of righteousness on you. Hmm. Put a your signet ring back on your hand. So you can walk in your identity and your purpose and your calling and walk close to his heart. So let's read on, why don't we? He will forgive you every time. The Father forgives every time. And God is just to forgive our sins because of Jesus Christ. And he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now let me tell you something. If you're sitting out there thinking that applies to somebody, but it don't apply to me. If you've never come to this point where you name your sins, not just, God, I sinned against you, but if you don't name the sins, I lied, I cheated, I overdrew my checking account, I didn't pay that bill, I exaggerated the truth, which is a lie. I didn't hold on to the promise. I tried to fix it myself. I didn't trust you. And the pain. Lord, when I found out my husband was talking to that other woman, it ripped my heart apart. And I and I recognized that I was not showing concern for him in that moment either, but for myself. So God, would you take my pain? And when my son died, God, I didn't think I could breathe. I didn't think I could survive it. But you brought me through it. But the pain's still there. And I need you to help me. I need you to To help heal my pain. And Lord my heart's a mess. There are all these memories that are flooding. And I don't know what to do with them. So would you show me what to do with them. And I just confess to you. That I'm confused. And I've made some mistakes. And I've done some things on purpose. But you promised to forgive me. And cleanse me. And so I'm confessing in agreement with you. That all of these things are from the brokenness of the world and the sin in my life specifically. And I thank you, Lord, that you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Name specific sins. I've given some examples there. Um, Just the things that popped up in my head. Maybe somebody needed to hear that today. But here's what verse 10 says. If we claim we're not guilty of sin when God uncovers it with his light, if we deny that what God is showing us is is sin and fail to confess it, We make him a liar and we prove that his word doesn't dwell in our heart. You know, David wrote about this and he said, if I had cherished sin in my heart, you would not have heard my prayer. That's in the Psalms. So yeah, so here's where we're going to conclude today. Is there sin that you need to confess? Maybe, maybe, just maybe you've never heard the gospel message before. Well, here's the good news. Jesus died for your sins, beloved. He died for the things you did wrong. He died for the shame and the pain and the doubt and the fear. He died for the lies. He died for the hateful thoughts that you have against others. He died for the murder and the adultery and the cheating. He died for the jealousy. He died for the dishonor that you've given to people in authority. And he died for the dishonor you've given to your parents. He took it all. He took everything you've ever done that you know to be wrong and sin. And he bore it on the cross so that you could be free. And the first step to getting free is acknowledging that he is the son of God, that he was born of the virgin, that he lived on this earth for 33 years as a real person, Jesus. He was called Jesus of Nazareth, the son of man and the son of God, the Christ, the Messiah. And at the age of 33, he was tried as a heretic and a usurper of authority. He was accused of every kind of sin. And he was taken to a cross and hung on a cross where he died a brutal death. And in the end, after God had poured out the sin of the world upon him, it gets me emotional. He said a few things. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Speaking of those who had put him on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which isn't that how we feel sometimes? And when it was done, he said it is finished, and he surrendered his spirit to his father. So though he died a brutal death on the cross, he didn't die of the brutality that was committed against him he willingly gave up his life for you. But the news is not over yet, because if the death was all there was, the sin would be forgiven. But there's no power to walk in the new life he's about to give you through rebirth in the spirit. So they buried him in the ground. And on the third day, the day after Sabbath, a woman went to the tomb and found the resurrected christ and he was in his his glorious form he was about to go to the father and she didn't even recognize him until he spoke her name and he said go and tell your brothers that i have risen as i have promised and i'm going to my father but i will come back and he did he came back and while they were meeting in the upper room and they were they were they were talking over this mystery because when the disciples ran to the tomb They found that his body wasn't there. Either been stolen or he had been risen, right? And so they went back to the room and they're discussing what has happened. And while they're discussing it, Jesus walks through the wall and shows up in their meeting. And today Jesus wants to walk through your walls and show up in your life with his resurrection power, it says in Ephesians that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside the believer in Christ bodily. It's dunamis power. It's the kind of power that breaks apart strongholds and tears down walls and tears down affliction and tears down torment and tears down sin and gives you the power to walk victoriously, declaring his testimony, throughout the world. And so with that said, I want to just pray for those who need to receive that for the first time. And for all of you who have already received it, I want to challenge you. Make a daily confession of your known sins to God and ask him as you lay out the pieces of your heart, as we talked about more than a week ago, In Psalm 5, lay out the pieces of your heart and let him expose those things in your heart that you're not even aware of, that need to be healed, that need to be delivered, that need to be cleansed, that need to be set free. Mm. So, Father God, I thank you for every person within the sound of my voice today. And I ask you, Father... That you would allow your Holy Spirit to draw every person who needs to know Jesus as their personal Savior to your heart today. Reveal the Christ to them. Show them what the way of salvation is. And if it's you, if you feel that pinprick in your heart, God saying, it's time, it's time, it's time. then pray a prayer like this, and the words I use are not important. What's important is you expose your heart to God. So today, God, I come before you and I acknowledge I'm a sinner, and by sinner, I mean these and name your specific sins. I'm a sinner because I participate in deception and jealousy and anger and judgment I judge people. But God, I understand that you sent Jesus to the cross to die for those sins, my sins, all the sins I ever committed or will commit to the end of my life. And that because of Jesus, I can be healed and cleansed and forgiven of these sins. So today, God, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and I believe that he died on the cross for my sins that he lived a sinless life and that he rose in power on the third day and he gives that power to me to live a victorious life today I thank you Lord that you give me the capacity and the ability to be in Christ and I pray God you would begin to transform my thoughts and my, and my life and my heart so that I walk in obedience to who you are and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's it. You are saved. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for tuning in today. I want to remind you, we do have Bible study starting. We're just a little bit more than a week away from Bible study. The first session will be October 20th. If you are within driving distance of Granbury, Texas, I would love for you to come. I'll be hosting it at my house. I'll be posting it on the event on the website, bloominginspirednetwork.com. So if you go to events, you look up new Bible study starting soon, you'll find it there. If you just click on the events tab, it'll take you to the calendar and you can look at October 20th. 20th, and it'll be there, and the address will be right there for you so that you can come to my house on the first day of Bible study. Bible study happens at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's central time. We go live on Facebook at 10.30 when we start our reading, and we will be reading through verse by verse the Gospel of Mark and discussing what we're reading. And just to set it up, about Six years ago, God asked me to read the Gospels as if I'd never been taught anything about them before. So I did. I set out to start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just as if I'd never read anything about them before, never been taught anything about Jesus or about them. And he asked me to consider what I believe was possible or true if I'd never been taught to believe something different. And so I began to read. And I didn't just read all four of those books in succession in one year. No, I spent a year in the book of Matthew, a year in the book of Mark, a year in the book of Luke, and a little over a year in the book of John. And last fall, we began studying Matthew, and we concluded that in May. This study will go from October 20th to the first or the second week of March. I've got it scheduled through the first week of March, but it could go a little longer if we need to take additional breaks in there. I've worked in a few breaks um, after the first of the year. And so I just want to say, come. You're invited. You're invited to my house to have some coffee and some breakfast items and a little bit of meat and nourishment from the Word and a lot of the Holy Spirit and the fellowship of like-minded women. And the other thing I want to tell you about is, don't forget that January 17th through the 19th, and that also is under events on our website and on our Facebook page. Remember, facebook.com forward slash Blooming Inspired. You can find... Uh, our retreat in January, our prophetic retreat. We're going to take 10 women and we're going to retreat together and we're going to do some prophetic things together. So you're going to have prophetic activations where you're participating as I stir up the spirit, as some of the people who I invite to come alongside of me stir up the spirit. And um, we're going to, you're Registration fee is $150 that includes two nights accommodations it's a Thursday afternoon through Saturday morning event and it go and we will just we will partake of the presence of God we will worship him we will soak in his presence we will creatively express to connect to his heart and we will speak words of comfort encouragement building up and edification Words And there will be some teaching along those prophetic lines as well. And so I just ask you to consider whether or not God is inviting you on that journey with us. And if so, sign up. There's only nine spots available. We've got one registration and um, we've got nine spots available. You do need to register before the end of the year. Uh, January and uh, December 2031st will be the last day to register and the, if you register now, you can break your payment up uh, that $150 into $350 payments or $275 payments. Um, the first payment would be due today, and the last payment would be due by December 31st. And so I'm really excited about what God's going to do through the prophetic retreat and through the season of Bible study. And then. Um, I've been talking with a friend of mine and we're excited to bring you some, maybe some workshop type weekend classes and, um, yeah. So be on the lookout for those things on the website. We're also taking donations to 501c3 Blooming Inspired Network. So go to bloominginspirednetwork.com, click on the donate button and read more about that. I would love to get that paperwork filed by the end of the year. And if we do, then I'll be able to give you, um, once we're approved for our 501c3 with the IRS, then I will be able to give you um, charitable gift donations receipts for those gifts. So um, I'm looking forward to what God is doing, and I would love for you to partner with us here at Bloom Inspired Network and come alongside of us and figure out what you God may be calling to you to here. Um, With that said, I want to remind you that blooming where you're planted is the first step to living your wildest dreams. So be sure to live your life blooming alive. And with that said, this is Michelle. And until next time, I'm signing off.